0: Artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease,
1: for creativity never sleeps. We are
0: Artists uprising. First of all, I'm happy to have you guys back on again. Um, Obviously, you guys came the last time, and we did kind of like the teaser episode, so thank you for for coming back to... Kind of talk a little bit more about sweet tooth and everything
2: yeah we love it now we're like in this more moody like din with all the things happening we wanted
0: to set this specifically for you guys obviously the photo and everything as well shout out to jonathan zizzo for the photo (laughs) Um, we need to hit rewind because you guys are both so talented artistically and really embody what it looks like to pursue professionally and creatively, um, where does your artistic journey begin individually, and how did you guys meet?
1: Man, what a question! It's loaded um, I mean, it's going to be totally different for both of us. I love it. Um, my artistic journey, um, to be honest, uh, I, I mean, my day job—I'm a designer, creative director, so yeah. I. Growing up um, was really into art and I'm old now, so uh, like f- rewinding, as you said, back to high school, whenever, you know, when the college that I applied to was like, hey, bring your, bring your portfolio in, bring your book in. Um, you know, when I, when I was in high school, like we, we weren't in like Photoshop and all that. So like, I was like, dad, can I borrow your truck? I'm gonna bring in like my sculptures, my drawings, my paintings, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I kind of learned very quickly that being an artist, maybe I didn't have the, 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 the thick skin for, like the judgment. Um, so right. I opted to become a designer, because um, that's more function, and mm-hmm. I can kind of judge it like, oh, this is working. Um, so my process kind of starts out with like, finding as much information as I possibly can, and kind of like distilling it down into like a sentence. Because I'm usually working in an advertising capacity. Right. Um, and so I'm like, hey, does this idea check every single box? in this sense, and if it doesn't, and if I'm collaborating with someone or managing a team or whatever it is, it's a really good um, way to kind of like weed out bad ideas without making it personal. It's like it just doesn't fit the brief, doesn't, you know. So that's kind of my process. Hers, on the other hand, is probably way more
2: complex. So I'm art and cola's design. Okay. So we yeah. learned this working together very early where it's like, I like to be in the process and kind of like find my way through, but Cole's gonna know where we're going before we get there. He's like, I know what's at the end before we start, you know? And so that's really what we did. Um, My mom's an art teacher, and so she put me into piano lessons also. And I think my journey as a musician didn't start until I figured out that you could write your own music. Because when you're learning piano, I was playing classical piano and competing and going to like sonatina festivals and like as a little kid competing in these things that are okay. so structured, wow. and you have to play for like 15 minutes at a time with no sheet music, two adults who are judging you. So whenever I figured out, like, oh, I can write my own songs, that was like a whole game changer for me. So we met through music. Um, Cole was uh, managing bands, and more on the business side of things, and then I was in a band. Um,
1: I'm really interested to hear <laughs> how, how you're gonna tell this.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, so, there's a long version and a short version, but in the very short version, being a musician... In
0: the middle. Just in give the middle. me a, a middle version.
2: <laughs> you market to your audience, and that was back when, like, really Facebook was a way to connect with everybody coming to your shows. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, you have a show, people RSVP, and then I was just adding literally everyone who RSVP to the show uh-huh. as, yeah. as my friend. Uh-huh. And he doesn't believe me. So I added him on Facebook, and immediately he was like, do I know you? And I was like, yeah, you're coming to my show. And he's like, I'm not going to your show. I'm managing the band that's opening for you guys. Yeah, I was
1: like, I don't, I don't know who you are. Was that and I was uh, in a really like
0: on, like, you flirting with
2: her? Uh, I was in a
1: very serious relationship at the time. Oh, okay. And it so serious. I was like... <laughs> it
2: was so serious. Two, two years is serious.
1: Right,
0: yeah. it is, yeah.
1: Um, and so I was just like, I don't know this person. And I, I normally just don't even... Like, normally, I don't put myself in a position. Yeah. I'm very, I'm a paranoid person. So like, I just don't, I'm like, do I know you? Why are you chatting me? Like, um, and so I'll let her tell the rest because mine's the long
0: version. Okay.
2: Yeah, so uh, we met at the show. He's like a tall guy, dark. So he looks like a lot of different people in a club, like tall guy, dark, you know, hair, beard, the whole thing. And I thought he was my friend, and I like, went running up to him as fast as I possibly could after this weird encounter happened on Facebook. And I was like, hey, what's up? And then I was like, oh, that's that one dude that was like, do I know you? Standing there with his girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I immediately yeah. was like, oh, uh, I gotta go. I'll be right back. And then I just like went and hid in a dressing room and yeah. like didn't come Ooh.
1: out. do you
0: performed yet already? No, yeah. no, no. And my girlfriend was like, who's that?
1: i was like i don't know who that is
0: i just met her on
1: facebook but i don't
0: know who that is actually but you hadn't performed yet and did did you perform the? and And he was on
2: stage and they're like in the audience and i was just like wow
0: is she like looking at you at that point like no no she she knew why we were there Um, okay yeah the
1: the the band that i was working with at the time was opening
0: yeah for her band
1: but i didn't know her
0: band so, and so that's how you met. That's how we met, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Okay, so back up. Okay. I was working <laughs> at the Performing Arts Center and we yeah. had, had a donor party. And so we had a party and all these flowers were out. And at the end of the party, I was like, what are you doing with the flowers? And they're like, oh, we're just gonna throw them away. And I was like, no, you can't throw them away. So we literally, we had like this amount of flowers, like yeah, massive amount of flowers. And then I <laughs> bought them a birthday card. I don't even know how or when. Um, but at the party, they were doing stage makeup because it was the Performing Arts yeah. Center. And so we had the Grinch with us. We had old lady makeup. And there was one more, and I can't remember what it was, but I just remember my friend's husband had, like, full Grinch makeup on at the Greek park. And so Cole shows up, and he's like,
1: uh... <laughs> you and your friends. Yeah. With it, the was, ma- it was it cool. was cool. I just didn't expect it, Right.
2: Uh, so, um, so, yeah, and then I was like... I'm very uh, forward, so I was like texting him under the table, and I was like, "You're hot." <laughs> and like,
1: she like went to the bathroom, and I like looked down at my phone, and my phone was like almost dead. And her friend was sitting next to me, and I was like, "Hey," she had a lot to drink, or like she was like, "Oh, she has no filter whatsoever. Why?" I was like, "No reason." So I just like put the phone away, like I didn't even see it. Yeah. And we just had the rest of our. Dinner, I guess and
2: yeah, we just hung out and then we were walking to our cars and Cole was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And then we hung out every single day for like six months That's just the way it happened, Dude,
1: it was so crazy Mm -hmm. like there was so many like up and downs to where like We would hang out and I was like, you know what? I'm not really ready to be in a relationship or anything like that Right. She'd be like, cool Don't freaking talk to me at all. Like I'm not into being let on and I was like understandable
0: totally
1: um and then i would just like get gentsy on the brain and be like hey you want to hang out she's like not really christmas time rolled around so my birthday was in june and we kind of hung out sporadically until december yeah christmas day we do the whole family christmas thing i'm out of there i don't want to be uh uh, you know at my grandmother's house on christmas night it's just a lot going on right like i'm going to the bar and uh, I met my buddy up at the libertine, and it's probably like I don't know, twelve thirty okay. midnight. And Time so so in bed. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, what
2: are you doing? Come have a drink." And I'm like, in my pajamas, and I'm like, "Okay." You can okay. Do it. I'm like, "You can do it."
1: <laughs> You're like, "I'm doing nothing." Totally. Yeah. 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 Come on, I'm like, Okay. She comes out, shows up. We have a good time. A um, couple days pass. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready. Again. And so she's like, "Dude." I don't ever want to hear from you again. And so like I think a week or maybe like a few days passed. And, you know, like a lot of people that end up uh, getting married are like kind of asked that stereotype, uh, just normal question of like, hey, could I spend the rest of my life with this person? Yeah. And so that was kind of like going through my head. And then it kind of like reversed in some way, which was like, can I spend the rest of my life without this person? And I was like, oh, man, I don't think so. Like there's just so much going on. Like I don't think that I can, I, I've, 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 I've gotten a little bit of it and I, I, can't, I can't live without it. And so we started dating and we dated for six months and got engaged and were engaged for a month. And like everyone was like, are you guys pregnant? Oh. And we we're like, you'll see. Yeah, I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was in August, that was 10 years ago.
0: Wow, so 10 years. And within that time span, you guys have also been a part of a duo, French 75, um, which, by the way, um, has an amazing live set with a light show. Um, How did you guys build that whole live show and set together?
1: Man, I would love to take credit for that. Um, Junsi can probably put in a lot more shorter, less technical term. And and
0: also, to add on to that, when did the idea of you guys come where you were like, you know what, we should be in a band?
2: So, I was previously in another band, a pop folk band, and when we got married, I quit touring with that band. We were actually about to go to the UK. We had just toured with Bowling for Soup, and Bowling for Soup does like these crazy tours in the UK, yeah, and they're pretty rowdy. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm done being in this band. I had been in the band for a while. And you know how it goes, like you go from being in a, one band and you're like, I want to try a different type of music and I want to say different things. And so I was just writing at home. I had a piano and so I taught myself logic and I was like recording myself, um, you know, all the instruments, strings, like everything. And Cole's like, I'm a drummer. Uh, I can put some percussion on here. And I was like, cool, because I cannot do that at all. And so then he started programming drums on. And all the songs, like, I don't even really know where that first album came from. Like, I don't remember writing those songs. I don't remember how I had those songs. I have these weird voice recordings where I sound absolutely terrible, like, singing all the songs. And somehow they, like, became full songs. Um, But Tom Polch um, is a producer in Austin, and he's worked with, like, Tons and tons and tons of bands, and he had produced my uh, previous band, Smile Smile. And so he worked with us to mix all of the songs and get them to like a really cool point. Yeah. And we knew that we wanted to play live shows, um, and we have a good friend, Lee Duck, and he has a company, Duck Lights, that's in LA. And so the cool thing is, he was really the pioneer of doing these automated light shows where he's actually using MIDI to control the lights. Oh! So you can take your tracks, so if you're playing with tracks, um, and when I say playing with tracks, if you're not a musician, like a lot of musicians have tracks that they'll run when they play, so it might be like um, samples of like keys, or you might have vocals Uh running, like all kinds of things. Um, But some people are running it through a program like Ableton or Logic, and so you're running it live. So with this light show, you can actually put all these MIDI files in. And MIDI is basically just like data. Yeah. And so that data tells the lights like when to move, what color, when to turn on. And you can have one for each song. And so if you set up your whole set, yeah. you don't even need anybody to run your lights for you. Like the the whole program will run. And uh, Lee's doing these like things for like Halsey and Zedd. And he's just like, a- he has a studio in LA, but we were really kind of his first guinea pig, and we knew Cole had the um, design of like the triangle. And so our live setup is a is a triangle with like um, bars that go out, kind of like from that. Mm-hmm. And we have these four floodlights. So at any point in time, the floodlights might come on, and it's like the brightest thing, and you just see the audience, but it just like completely washes them they out. More,
1: they, it's more or less like it's it's not a strobe that blinks, but it'll just kind of. It's like a blinder, mm-hmm. and then we also have like four of these like motorized moving heads, but like I mean Lee, uh, I mean, he's come to a point where he's like invented new lights, so he's invented these like new light bars that are that can run like low res media. It's not just color like if you have the, and sync these things together, they can run like video files. It's super, super, super nice.
0: and you guys both being creatives from the art. In just the creative world, I'm sure working with someone like him mm-hmm. was oh yeah it just enhanced like everything that you guys have even more yeah.
1: yeah and even just like touring in the past like I I, I wasn't a touring musician but I was uh, I did tours with other bands yeah and um you know like I wasn't trying to put lighting designers out of business or right. like your your had a house doing all the lighting and stuff like that. We just wanted a light show that would reflect the music and not just like reflect the sound, but like every Mm -hmm. single beat, every single like movement and like progression and all that kind of stuff. So like for us, I mean, it was a no-brainer to work with him. And I mean, we ended up pulling him into Sweet Tooth. So he's done a lot of lighting design for Sweet Tooth too.
2: We wanted the live show to be more of a show Right. Like instead of I didn't want people watching me. I want, wanted people to know like we're gonna go see this show, and we're gonna watch the lights and we're gonna hear music and like you're gonna see us sometimes. But it's really less about the musician and just more about being like performance art, really. Because yeah. um, it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's electronic music. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. and one of the things that we wanted to change was. The. Yeah. Um, the idea of like electronic artists um, going up, pressing space bar, and letting your tracks run and just singing to it, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But we wanted to perform, and Jincy um, definitely told a different version of like how our band came to fruition. But like um, after she got all out of her old band, she was like, I really don't want to make music anymore. And we were married for like six months, and she was like, You want to make some music? What do you do? I was like, oh, I used to play drums in my church, so like maybe i can make beats like and she just uh taught herself logic so i kind of got in there and started like basically she wrote the songs in a classic singer-songwriter style and then i put beats over them wow and then tom did his magic and mix and mastered it and
2: yeah but that first album i mean we recorded all the instruments cool saying um, and that was like in our basement of our first house, and it took. It wasn't like we were rushing it. No. You know? Yeah. Um, we're still so, not. Yeah, we don't. We just make we music ever, like, when we want to make music. It the best.
0: It's the best when you don't yeah. rush. You're I just, love that.
2: What are you gonna say? Yeah.
0: Are you guys planning on releasing any more new music? Or do we have any, like... Yes. 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 This is an exclusive. So much music. (laughs) I'm sure, like, over the past few years, right? Yeah. What's that look like? What can we expect?
2: So we've been working with our producer, Left Right, and uh, he just moved to L.A., so we're working remote, and he's teaching at Icon out there, but we have two remixes and one original that we've been holding on. Um, One of the remixes is with Mystery Schools. So yes. we're super excited about that one. Um, but Mystery we're, Skulls is great. We're working on some new content. Yeah, and we've had that. Best. We just haven't released it yet. Uh, we
1: can... Yeah, and just kind of working with Chris uh, Left Right. Um, his name is Chris Lund. He is a savant. Um, but we were used to working with him in town at his studio. Right. So now that everything's remote and he's in a different city, basically our process now is like trying to demo as much as we can out at home. Send Send it off, send send him the tracks and just kind of work back and forth. Yeah.
0: That's got to be cool, especially with everything that you have going on with Sweet Tooth, which for our listeners and viewers is why we're here, too, because it's the immersive art experience featuring artists from all over. And you currently have one in Allen, Texas, correct?
2: Yes. Our first Sweet Tooth Hotel popped up in Dallas. Yes. Um, and Allen, uh, Texas, that's the first location that we have that's kind of outside that's a full installation because we've done pop ups in Fort Worth. Right. And pre 2020, we were looking at like other cities to kind of take things out to. Um, but Sweet Tooth Hotel really is a platform for a local artist, and that's right. what it started as, and not just uh, art like painting or sculpture, things like that, but we also worked with. Like we had a stage. Yeah, we had a stage. Yeah. And that whole stage, that
1: all that production was done by Lee Duck.
0: Really? okay.
2: Yeah. So really it's meant to be here. a yeah. platform for any type of art or medium, you know? We have videographers and photographers and music videos, and we've had a fashion show with Tony and Guy. And so Sweet Tooth Hotel is meant to just be a platform for any type of creative. Um, and it's cool because it all gets integrated with the physical art, and there's just so many collaborations that happen. Like on top of that,
0: and you just made an announcement. I know I can say this. Yes. That there is a new sweet tooth that's going to be at in downtown Dallas,
1: smack dab in the middle. Yeah.
2: Tell me. <laughs> tell us about it. So this is pretty crazy. It's um, literally in the middle of downtown on Elm Street. Um, it's our biggest space we've ever had. We signed a 10-year lease, so nice. we are like digging in. There's a huge parking garage on top of it with a rooftop deck, so we're definitely doing some events and stuff up on the rooftop too. Um, but yeah, that space is going to have nine gallery spaces. We have a bar, which we just announced. Our cocktail lounge partner is Calarusa Tequila. Okay. And that is Adam Levine and Bahati Prinsloo's Tequila Company. Wow. So they're gonna collab and have an art installation and yeah. like custom cocktails, um, which is crazy because that's a whole other like music tie-in. But like two other musicians who have a tequila brand. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, so it's cool to have other creatives that you know are gonna be able to collaborate. How
0: did they find out about your space?
2: You know, we um, work with a lot of different. Um, like spirits companies and Calarosa just launched recently, but they're all over the U S and so um, they have a rep in Dallas and we started talking and we were like, Oh man, that'd be so cool if they had a dedicated installation because really in Dallas, I mean, to have something immersive like that, there's not a lot of spaces, you know, like East coast, West coast, there's clubs and like huge you know, venues like that that they were doing things at. Um, But we met with the rep, and she took it back to their team, and they all talked about it. And they are super excited because basically it's the Cali Rosa Cocktail Lounge. Wow. Um, And so it's their dedicated space. And our bar is going to be the first infinity-mirrored bar. So we have a full light show that's being programmed for the bar.
1: So when Uh, she says the bar, (laughs) just to be specific, it's like the actual bar. Uh And then the, the room itself, everything in the room will be like mirrored or chrome or... It's it's yep. gonna be pretty intense, <laughs>
0: hopefully. Wow.
2: So everything's gonna be mirrored out, full automated light show um, in the space. So it, it's gonna be crazy. Do
0: you have your artists selected for the space yet? You we do. do.
2: We do. Wow.
0: Okay. And how far in advance? I mean, when when's the light opening?
2: If everything goes permits permitting, we're doing yeah. summer, yeah. um, but sometime this year we're. There's a lot of uh, things you have to cut through with the cities and so that's why um, I'm excited that we signed a really long lease on this one because there's so much that you have to do up front to kind of get through and get the business open. Um, But we're all working and building and so it's either going to be summer or it's going to be a little bit later this year. Uh, But we were talking and I was like, it doesn't hurt to have more time to do anything.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing that you guys said with music. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't in a rush to do that as well. Um, Do you think like, as far as, you know, having the patience with the time and stuff, do you feel like that's also been a part of why uh, the whole Sweet Tooth and whatnot has been so successful is because you've taken your time and not rushed the process.
2: What's crazy is originally we used to do these installs in six weeks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like wow. Well, we installed back, that in six weeks. It's crazy. But yeah.
2: our our longest period that we've planned out is a year. And we've had artists, fiber artists, because that medium takes so long to do um, that they started a year in advance. And then, you know, we, we got to opening. But now I think that what I've learned, because I have no patience, and this is something personally that I want to work on for myself, right. but I have no patience. Yes. And... um It's just like you can't really control anything except yourself and what you can prepare for and what you can create. And so um, if it's going to take longer, it's going to take longer. But it doesn't mean never. It just means not right now.
0: Right. Well, you know, for anyone in the creative industry, like we know there's a narrative floating around that artists are bad at business or some version of that. And there's definitely a learning curve and responsibility on artists to take the initiative to learn the business behind the scenes but it it doesn't seem like you guys struggle with the business having been in art-driven fields for so long and now running sweet tooth hotel which is massive um, how did you guys go to this place as business savvy artists and can you speak to the business side of things
1: i i do my part like all the branding, um, anything like advertising related, like she, she is definitely like the marketing guru. Um, and I don't call anyone a guru, but she is, um, and really, I mean, our artists make us who we are, but as far as like being business savvy, like, yeah, that's definitely not me. And so I'm super fortunate to have a partner and a wife that, knows how to do all these things right. so when people say like oh you guys own Sweet Tooth or you run Sweet Tooth it's like uh eh, does and you know I'll, I'll creative direct the artists, like help them if, if they have any questions or anything like that and I do all the branding but Jensie is Jensie is the master of the business
2: well I think that there's there's two sides to business and there's you know the financial side and the marketing side there's also just the entire business, you know, and from a creative standpoint, Cole has completely branded Sweet Tooth. And from a brand standpoint um, and design standpoint, like you want to be really strong, like you want your value proposition of your business to be strong. Right. I think that the biggest thing with the industry that we're in is risk. And if you are not willing to take risks, then definitely don't go into business or don't go into any type of creative field right. unless you've got kind of like a parachute on you or some kind of buffer because there's going to be times where um, yeah you're going to like run into some things and be like i don't know if we're going to make it or i don't know if we're going to do this but you know having that team around you um, i learned very early on like get an attorney get an accountant get someone who can handle stuff with the irs Um, the things that we can do are are really the creative things um, and start to find systems that work for you like there's things that just aren't very sexy like what payroll system am I gonna use, Ugh, you know? Yeah. And at one point, like when we were staffed up, we had almost 20 people on payroll and that's just a lot to do and a lot to manage. Um, right. But I, I think that the, the biggest thing is to, is to make sure that that's all buttoned up because it's like, the more that you can do and kind of just get automated and you know get going, the better. The other thing too that, um, being startup we put all of the money back into the business and so that's one of the things is we've always said like we're going to continually invest back in the business and investing means that we're paying artists to do installations and that's been one of the biggest parts of the business is to make sure that artists have living wages and that our staff you know are getting paid and have living wages too and so because money has always been almost like a secondary Factor to mm-hmm. sweet tooth. It's yeah. really been more about like growing the the platform and growing in those ways and finding more people to collaborate with and good people too. Um, it's it's been I think it's been successful because of the support that we've had from the community. Because if people weren't talking about it, if people weren't posting, if artists weren't submitting proposals and things like that, um, that's really like that engine that keeps it going. And then we kind of keep. All the pieces organized um, but it is hard and we work with artists who also are like um, once they're kind of in the family it's like you're kind of in the family and like they'll run into things where um, they're like what do I do about this like I might um, want to do this type of work and like do I have the copyright usage and things like that so we'll also you know help out with those things too and so we're learning just as much as the artists are learning right um, and I think the biggest thing is like not one person knows everything so I've been trying to like reach out more and ask people for help um, which is not not something you, th- you think about all the time like for me I'm like oh I'll just figure it out but it's like no maybe like somebody else has better <laughs> you know advice and so just kind of like reaching out which uh,
0: is always a good thing Yeah, I feel like you know with like what you're saying on that end but then also to think of the sense of how you guys are transforming spaces, I mean, from nothing to what they become, that's like such a massive undertaking. It,
1: it is, and really, I mean, I'll just reiterate what Jensi said, and just one part, which is, um, you know, you, you said it's 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 massive, it's so successful, and it's like, the the part that you don't see is like, the part I'm reiterating is reinvesting, is like. I mean, so many people are like, oh man, you guys gotta be rolling. And I'm like, probably 95% of the revenue goes back into the next year's installation. Like every single year it's different. And we're trying to actually find a balance there because that's one of the reasons why we're still around. Like COVID hit, all these, I mean, we got help through the PPP loan and stuff like that, but, right. I mean, the only reason we're still afloat outside of the community is because Z and um, just several people that we, you know, look to as mentors and stuff like that, um, have said, you know, just keep reinvesting back in the business, and so now we're trying to play a balance of, well, we wanna re, we're gonna continue to reinvest back in the business, but at the same time, like, we don't wanna be super wasteful and not sustainable and just like, just keep doing these things as fast as possible every single year and like, now do we try to figure out a model where we're just kind of rotating these rooms out for new artists every once in a while, maybe every quarter, we haven't really decided, but like, there's gotta be a way uh, where we're not like completely tossing, you know, an entire install in the dump.
0: Well, uh, that's the other thing I wanna touch on is, what is it like though to bring um from season to season concepts like that to life like what what does that look like
2: when we started sweet tooth hotel we were coming up with these big concepts and then it was all encompassing for the artists. so chapter one was really based around like candy and um, each room kind of had a spin on a favorite director that cole and i liked as far as movie director as far as like colors and um, the aesthetic and the style. Chapter two was um, 1955, and so we worked with the artists to take their um, vision of retro future. Um, so retro future being like um, the past interpretation of the future, or vice versa. If you're in the future, you're interpreting the is past, basically.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, and so then the next install was all fiber art, and that was our install that was being constructed uh, in the middle of 2020, and we opened in 2020. And that one took so long <laughs> that we were like, we're gonna keep this one open for longer, and we're gonna keep it going. Um, this is the one in Allen. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we had
1: another one. Allen. We had another one before that. You skipped one. Oh. We had Disco Tech, which was more like digital light. That's where Lee Duck came in, and we mm-hmm. worked with a lot of visual artists that do like projection mapping and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm.
2: so rewind. Um, the one that's open currently in Allen, Texas, was really our um, attempt at giving a combination of some of the installs that people really wanted to see that we didn't have anymore. We rebooted a couple of them. And then um, also presenting some new installations. And so really what we've found out is that there's so much content out there of all the installs, like photos and video, that people will show up and they're coming to see one of those installs. Be like, where the and hell is this room? Yeah, we, we don't have it. Well it was oh, three years ago.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: And so um, we're working with Aaron Binder who was um, one of the brothers from Built by Bender who worked with us on the first install and did all the build out for chapter one right. to redesign some of those chapters that we've presented. And so that way we have our base, Sweet Tooth Hotel, kind of like how museums have their like, permanent collection. So we have like our version of the permanent collection of reboots of those installs, but like even better. And then we have dedicated artist rooms and those are gonna rotate out. So the next um, concept that we have is dreamland. And dreamland really just being this open vision of allowing the artists to really interpret like what is your dreamland? And it could be where you go when you're asleep or it could be where you go when you're like on peyote, peyote, peyote? <laughs> peyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, and so the permanent Sweet Tooth Hotel space will have more of our permanent collection, uh-huh. and then also be able to rotate out artists. Um, our next round of artists, we have Molly Sidnor, she's a fiber artist, she's based in Dallas, Shamsi Rumiani, um, Tremaine Townsend, and um, Bobcat and Birdie, she's in McAllen, Texas. Kay. And so it's a mix of um, concept, media, fiber, painting, sculpture. Um, and really all Texas artists. And then we're starting to curate, you know, for 2023, 2024, um, some national artists and having different people come in. So in
0: this space alone, it will change as mm-hmm. far as the artists and what, is that just because how big the space is and allows you guys to kind of dream even even a bit bigger than- That's then? part
1: of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Like we, we do like rotating artists out. Um, I mean, we also want to give other artists an opportunity and not just like continue to work with the same people um so i mean we do have a family of artists and creatives and designers that we work with but um, you know Z gets a lot of proposals for new spaces and we just have to figure out if that fits or if it makes sense and um if it's right
0: i mean you guys you're talking about just how the artists change from time to time you guys have brought so much joy to people through this rotating exhibit um from employing artists and giving them a reason to continue creating and then giving people a reason to go out and get out of their homes and take a break from the world it's huge super great job i know you guys have great plans moving forward ahead obviously we know about the new space Um, one last question is uh the artists and whatnot that you have in mind when you think about this stuff do you are you do you have them set in mind, or is it one of those things where it's just off the top, like, hey, this person's doing something really cool, can artists reach out to you you know like what's yeah. that process look like? I
1: think we kind of come up with the theme first, and yeah. then people submit proposals, and it's not like oh man, we should work with these people and we're going to do this. Right. Like we, we are really, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I'm really interested to see what someone is going to submit without giving them any direction. Right. So.
2: Yeah, we did one open call for artists in 2021 um, just to kind of see. And, and sometimes there's artists who haven't done a full installation yet. And so maybe they're not ready, but it allows them to also think through like what could I do on a big scale um, we have a team like I'm painting and, and making things and screwing things into the wall And so we have a sweet tooth team that also helps the artists do so we figure out like how much can we help them do? Versus like how much can they do by themselves? And then we also have sweet tooth spaces where our team just tackles those installs hundred percent And so that's been an interesting transition because we've had to learn more about construction and just how to fabricate You know everything right um, but sometimes we'll see artists and we're like, that artist is doing like really cool things and they also still may not be working at this large of a scale. And so then we'll approach them. Made by mom, Brooke is- Love her. One of the artists that um, I had seen her through trade in Oak Cliff. And I was like, her work is amazing. Let's talk with her. And the crazy thing is she had just quit her job yeah and so she became a full-time artist and so sweet tooth was her first large-scale installation like that she'd done other ones previously but not dedicated you know her on her own uh, and it was cool because we worked with her and she like spent the night there <laughs> Some yeah nights. she had her like sleeping bag uh, and she was staying in the space and and she finished it and she finished it on the anniversary of her one year of becoming a full-time artist Wow. so for her that was a huge accomplishment um and so we're really excited to also just be able to give those opportunities to people who are emerging um there's people that are in our space that are seasoned established artists some people we um can't even work with because they're so busy sometimes you know and then they might come back around you know for another round um and so it's yeah it's it's kind of a combination of every everything Um, We have Bobcat and Birdie, she's a latch hook artist, and so she's usually making pieces that are like the size of a cake. Like she has cakes that she made, and she's doing an entire room (laughs) Wow! this time. And so, you know, even working through concepts with the artist, because um, there is some maintenance to the work. You know, you put the work up, but then everyone's interacting with it. And so you really have to understand, like, how do the guests interact with it? And they want to take photos, too. So like, what's going to look good in a photo and what's going to last? Um, her room's going to be like floor to ceiling to wall, like carpet. And so we're like, OK, we've done this before. Like, we know we're going to have like little fiber dust bunnies floating around. And we're going to have to, like, vacuum the walls. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's this combination of like creativity with operational. Um, and so I, I think that For us, like we've always been an art gallery, like we're not like an Instagram museum, we're not like, they call it like an Instagram trap or anything like that, you're going to come see art. And so there's a level of fragility to all the work that goes into the space too. Um, And so we work with a lot of the artists to kind of bring that to um, a level where people can touch it and can interact with it. Right. Um, And and that's a really fun process to go through too.
0: Last question Mm -hmm. for like our viewers and listeners, if there are any aspiring artists out there, what suggestion would you give them uh, in order to just kind of be out there, but also still maybe catch the eye of someone such as yourself, like perspective, you know, what would you, what would you, what advice would you give them?
2: I would say anybody who's interested in a large scale install, um, I would say just Concept it out first, you know, and and figure out what you want to make, um, because a lot of times, like if you have ideas on the table or you have, you know, something that's really burning in your mind, a statement that you want to get out, um, put it all together and put a proposal together and just start sending it out. Um, and you know, a lot of people, especially us with gallery space, it's not just about the work, but it's about the mission behind it, you know. Um, But even just starting small and creating every day and um, just keep putting yourself out there Um, but always never be afraid to ask Um, we've had somebody come to the space and uh, she came to the space when we were working one day and she was like hi i'm so-and-so and and i want to work with you and i was like wow look someone just showed up showed her work you know and she's constantly in communication and and then
1: we ended up working together, so. <laughs> um, advice. Uh, I would say, and this is, might sound completely canned or generic, but um, I would say the people that I've met that are creatives that are the happiest in their lives, um, just like find whatever your passion is, I know that's such a cliche word, but like find whatever your passion is, whatever that is that, that's making you happy. Yeah. And like, go after it with everything that is inside of you. I know that sounds like, well, not everybody can do Everybody can do that, totally. Like, you have to make sacrifices. Like, um, you know, Brooke's a really good example. Like, she wanted to be an artist, and I'm not saying that she wasn't an artist before, she always has been, and has always has been a creative and always will be, but, I mean, she quit her job. It was like, this person's willing to cut off their livelihood for what they want to do. And she's done an installation, she's done murals, she's done all kinds of like mural fest for Texas. And like, she's been doing like project after project after project. And it's like, it doesn't, I don't want to speak for her, but for me, whenever I'm designing, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, I just left a job because I was there for a year. And when I interviewed, I was like, hey, I know I'm coming on to be a creative director and like manage a team, but I need to be making something like this is not work for me. Even if it's a challenge, this is like error. Like I need it. It's yeah. if, if I, if I don't have that outlet, um,
2: making something oh, yeah. like designing something totally and, and like, and I think people will start to realize, and a lot of people have realized that, you know, where their passion is and how they're making money and, right. Sometimes it doesn't always line up, but I do feel like if you put everything into it and you follow that path, like, it will line up at some point. And uh, so, yeah. Patience. Just Patience. And do the work that you want to be doing, and that's the work that you'll get hired for. Um.
1: And surround yourself with only good people. Like, that's another, like, super cliche term. Good people, good people, good people. But you know who they are. Like, you have your friends, but then you have, like, people who are, like, encouraging you and, like, challenging you and pushing you. And if you're bummed or you're, like, not stoked about something, like, they're there to to pull you up. And just, like, any artist, any musician, any business person, everyone, it's like, my team, my team, my team, my team. Like, they gotta be good people. If they're not, like, they're pulling you down.
0: Keep the circle small. Uh, If people want to find the hotel, if people want to hear your music, where do they go? Hotel.
2: So, at Sweet Tooth Hotel, sweettoothhotel.com, we have all of those things. And for music, it's French 75, Uh, we're on Spotify, YouTube, we're on
1: any streaming platform. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: February new music.
1: February new music.
0: Well, this is awesome, and I just want to tell you guys thank you again for sharing your time with us and elaborating on the story that we finally got to finish a little bit today and uh... i wish you guys all the success moving forward and i'll be there for the opening in downtown so save me a spot um... <laughs> thank you guys so much i appreciate it
1: stay tuned and explore the next artist uprising
0: use hashtag artist uprising to join the movement